Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Play fake, Plummer with time, walks it, Bell wide open. David Bell with a block. Stays on his feet, extends. Did he get the ball there? Touchdown! Unbelievable! Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Behind the Rails podcast. I'm Travis Miller, your host of HammerandRails.com, and with me is our other host, Corey Sheets. And we are here to talk about Purdue's 49 nothing victory over the Yukon Huskies. How are you doing, Corey? I'm out of you. How are everybody doing? That's good. That's good. Uh, said you were up in uh, with Lafayette this week for a wedding. Uh, did you make it out to practice while you were up there or no? Uh, no, unfortunately, I didn't get to make it out to the practice. They was in and out the day I was up there, and uh, I didn't get to see him. But I didn't get to see the facility, and man, it's beautiful. <laughs> a lot different from when you were there. It's a whole different building. <laughs> Never mind, different. It's a whole different building, and and then this locker room is huge. The facility is huge. The new gym is ridiculous. The the fuel stations are crazy. The meeting rooms look like they're comfortable, and you actually want to go in there and watch film. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, uh, it looks like it's paying off because Purdue is 2-0. Uh, only the second time Purdue has been 2-0 since, I believe, 2007. Mm. And uh, the other time was last year, which, unfortunately, Purdue did not win a game after that second game last season. Oh, wow. But here we are. We're 2-0, headed into the Notre Dame game. And coming off of a 49-0 victory over the UConn Huskies and just – Really, this was a stat gathering game. It was Purdue's first shutout in 10 years, their first shutout of an FBS level team since 2004 against Syracuse. Which did you redshirt on that 2004 team or no? Uh, yes, but I was on the sidelines a lot during the games for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a 51 uh, nothing blowout of Syracuse to start the 2004 season. Uh, that's the last time we shut out an FBS level opponent. Wait, and you then if who? you, uh, Syracuse. Oh no, I wasn't on the sideline for that. Yeah, that was that was 2004. That was the season opener. So no, was, I couldn't no, remember no, if you were redshirt that year or not. My first year was 2005. Gotcha. If you want to go even further back, this is Purdue's first shutout away from Ross Aid Stadium since 1981. I wasn't even born then. That year they shut out uh, Northwestern 35 to nothing. That was one of the worst Big Ten teams of all time, that Northwestern team. They were in the middle of like a 37-game losing streak or something. And I, I really hate to say it. I don't want to take away from uh, UConn's players because they are players I'm not. I, I would get destroyed if I played against UConn. But uh, they are not very good at all. And we kind of saw that on Saturday. Yes. One thing I was uh, upset to read was uh... – we lost running back Horvath. Yes, he is out for the next four to eight weeks. Had a uh, broken fibula. Uh, it's not. It's the non-weight-bearing bone in his leg, but they still had to do surgery today. He's out four to eight weeks. I mean, I don't understand how you can recover and come back that quickly from a broken <laughs> leg. But 
I mean, hey, didn't I mean, T.O. do it a couple years ago? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> Terrell Owens. Bad. He's superhuman. <laughs> well, I guess so is that. It was Xander. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, he will be out for the next couple weeks. Did uh, did get a nice audition, though. Uh, King Doru and Dylan Downing filled in quite nicely for him. They played most of the game, kind of split the snaps. And let's see. Yeah, I'm I'm the stats they, uh, they went for 147 yards on 26 carries. That's pretty good. Got in the end zone, averaged more than five yards a carry. I mean, if if they could do that pretty consistently, that's gonna that's gonna help Purdue a lot, wouldn't you say? I mean, definitely gonna need it next week. So they gonna we gonna look. Oh yeah, them to have a big week in practice. Make sure they're locked into them. Then King Duro's uh, the next man up. So. Yeah, and Doru's had – I mean, he's got the experience. He was the main guy two years ago. You know, he knows how to get in the end zone. He he can make some plays, and I'm I'm pretty comfortable with him there. So sounds like that's uh, going to be the plan there. <laughs> who, else, who, who else are you surprised to see play well? Uh, I mean, it was good to see just a lot of different players get some run. Uh, I was really surprised that Purdue ended up seeing playing four quarterbacks – I can't remember the last. I do know of some times that we played three quarterbacks in a game, but to see four quarterbacks play, Michael Alimo, who was the fourth stringer, he's a redshirt freshman. He only got one series and was pretty much all handoffs. It was it was interesting to see, and all four quarterbacks looked really, really well. Uh, Plummer was 16 of 20 for 245 and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Aiden O'Connell, 9 of 11 for 86 yards and two scores. And then Austin Burton, which a lot of fans have wanted to see since he's a transfer from UCLA, 5 of 5 for 44 yards, which, I mean, that's being able to get your first action really in two years to do that is really nice regardless of opponent. Yeah, exactly. Completely. Uh- being 100% from the field is a, is a great day, no matter how many snaps you take. <laughs> uh, then we also have to talk about David Bell. Um, I know you said you saw the highlights. It's just unfair to have somebody of David Bell's caliber to play against <laughs> against UConn, really. He's a great route runner, so combine that with his speed, you get against subpar talent. Field day. <laughs> he only had... Six catches, but went for 120 yards and three touchdowns. One of them was just a 59-yard touchdown that he weaved entirely through the defense. Uh, Same one on the 30-yard touchdown. He catches it at a dead stop on one side of the field and just weaves his way through the other side of the field. It was it was a thing of beauty, really. Yeah, I did get to see that one. That one was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I was on my on, on my edge of my seat watching that one on the, on the plane. <laughs> Because <laughs> you're like, oh, they got him there. No, he he's got five more. No, he's oh, he might make the corner. Uh, actually, I was actually I was actually bobbing and weaving with him, trying to figure out what I would be doing. The same thing, he made it, made every right move he needed to make. He got to the end zone. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> No, nah, pretty much because as soon as you feel like you got one or two guys, you're usually like there's a, there's a bunch of people around you. And, and sometimes it's your teammates. And you start trying to dodge them and, and not get tackled by them guys too and usually run into the defender trying to dodge your teammate. But on something like that, when you're up the field 20, 30 yards, it's, it's pretty easy. If you get one or two blockers, you know it's, it's you in the end zone is, is next. Some of the other writers for us, they really singled out Brock Thompson 
the transfer mm-hmm. from Marshall. And he had a couple of key blocks, really. And he has served a big role, I think, in the first two games here. He's only caught like two or three passes, but his blocking downfield has been really impressive. And I think it's opened up a lot of things. And as you can, as you know, that's very important on a lot of these big plays, too. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you can, you can actually draw plays up for a guy like that and get the ball to, to a guy like Bell. And if you know you got somebody like him, Blocking downfield, boom, that's like an extra blocker that you can't even account for because you, you got a guy running a route, taking taking out another guy. Right, and one of the guys that Purdue had the last few years, a uh, receiver by the name of Jared Sparks, he was a former quarterback. He ended up playing four years. Mm-hmm. Didn't really put up a ton of numbers and everything, but if you saw a lot of these highlights and everything – he was setting a lot of those big blocks downfield. I know there was one play last year in the Iowa game where he seals off his man and Bell's able to walk into the end zone. And Thompson seems like one of those types of players right now where you could, he can do that. And it's like you said, it's, it's a great luxury to have. And especially if you can draw it up that way. Right. Like I know, I remember when I was playing, I'm not a, a receiver, but being down in the open field and having to dodge four or five guys, you always need that one extra block. You had a guy by the name of Desmond Tartus. You always seemed to be that extra blocker. He's always the first receiver in the end zone with me. So it seemed like he got knocked the guy out the way for me to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I know he was an option quarterback in high school. How much do you think that helped him in that regard? I mean, just not being able to, not being afraid of contact made it a luxury because a lot of receivers are afraid of contact, especially if they're not the biggest guys in the field. But if you get a guy that's, that that loves contact as a receiver, he's going to do great things as a receiver and, and as a run blocker up the field. So it's a good thing to have that. Right, right. Uh, a couple of other guys here I do want to call out that uh, played really, really well. Second half, it was nice to see uh, Mershon Rice, pretty talented receiver. Uh, he was highly mm-hmm. touted and has had to sit quite a bit. He's had some injuries. Had two really, really nice catches in the second half, one of them for his first career touchdown. Both of them were his first career receptions. Wow. TJ Sheffield got his first career touchdown. He missed the Oregon State game uh, for reasons. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say there was an off-the-field incident with him over the the offseason, and uh, that's probably why he ended up not playing against Oregon State. But, yeah, he had four catches for 27 yards and a score. And just, you know, you're filling the stat sheet here. You've got walk-ons getting their first career receptions. Hey, it's, it's a great way to uh, welcome to the NCAA. It's, <laughs> get, some, get an easy kill. There's that's nothing like it. <laughs> now, when you're on the sidelines in a blowout like this, because you were one of the frontline guys for a good portion of your career, you just out there, you're cheering these guys on. You're wanting the walk-ons to get that big carry, wanting them to get the score. I mean, of course, like you always want to see your teammates thrive, especially if you're winning. So, especially, if, and if you score too, so it's like, hey, everybody score. Let's go out here. Let's all eat. Right. And I mean, for some of these guys, it may be the only time they actually get in a in a live game all season long. So I'm sure that everybody, I mean, Bell was on the sideline in the second half, and I'm sure he was watching and really enjoying that other guys in the receiver room was getting some of the wealth spread around. I mean, it, it makes, it makes, Tomorrow, or actually tomorrow, I'm thinking that's the NFL. But, uh, it makes Sunday morning that much better when you go in there and watch the film and everybody has something to talk about instead of just one or two guys. 
So film room was was definitely live uh, this weekend, <laughs> all all around, especially uh, in that defense and getting a shout out on the road. That that got to be big. Oh yeah, uh, let's look at the defense here. Just really, really dominant. UConn didn't come close to scoring except for a handful of times. I know they missed a long field goal. They had a couple turnovers on downs in Purdue territory, and I think they had one where the guy had the guy broke. He had the pass on target, and the receiver just dropped it. Otherwise, it was a sure touchdown. Oh wow! But aside from that, man, the defense was dominant. Uh, Karloftis was all over the place. He didn't get a sack, but he was living in the quarterback's lap and just making things a nightmare. So I, I don't think there's a lot of bad things you can say defensively. I mean, when everybody get a shutout, you only have, what, four penalties total for yeah, 20 yards? Like that, yeah. <laughs> they only rushed for, what, 34 yards? They held them to 14 of 25? Yeah, it was a great day all the way around. Not, not even over 100 yards passing, so Right. That's hard to hold a team under 100 yards passing these days, too. Right. And they just did it right at 99. (laughs) I think one of the things that stood out to me was in the second half, Purdue held them to two first downs and only 60 yards. So you had the second and third string guys out there shutting down the front line guys. They probably weren't their front line guys by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still. They probably still, knew what I mean, it was. Let's try and get some of these other guys in too. But I'm, I'm, as a whole, they 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 held the standard up, so they didn't fall. Because usually, when you see something like that, you might sneak a field goal in or or bullshit touchdown like with the last 15 seconds of the game uh, running off the clock. So it's it's great that the the third and fourth string guys kept the standard as a, the one and twos. Uh, absolutely. And if shutouts were easy, we'd have more than one every 10 years. So. <laughs> Maybe across the board. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's just nice that Purdue went out and took care of business, really. Um, I know that we've seen some of these games where Purdue struggled a bit, little bit longer. And there was a little bit of a shaky start. I know Plummer was sacked twice in the first three plays of the game. And that didn't bode well. But after that, the offense goes out and scores on seven straight possessions. The defense obviously is doing its job. What kind of consistency now have you seen here through the first two weeks now that we've got a couple of games to look at? I mean, it's it's good to see them take a team like UConn that's playing the way they've been playing and go out and beat them in the fashion that they beat them. Like uh, we was talking earlier, if they had a struggle, then you would have been worried. But they went out there and took care of business pretty uh, handily. And looking forward, you got a team that's going to be a little bit more fine-tuned in, in Notre Dame. So hopefully, not hopefully, from the looks of it, Purdue is is, is, is pretty much fine-tuned too. They won too many things other than the, our, us losing a running back that uh, I was too worried about from reading and the highlights that I've seen. So... I think it helps that you know, they still had some issues against Oregon State. They left a lot of points on the field. I don't feel like they left points on the field here against UConn. You know, I'm not going to get on, oh, the third string offense didn't get a touchdown. Okay. Those are the guys that are probably not going to be playing much the rest of the year. You know, they, there was they probably so got some run. messed up assignments. It's, 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 probably, it's just amazing that they didn't turn the ball over. <laughs> right. Right, but again, the offense goes seven straight drives while scoring. 
that you'll take that against anybody. Exactly. And, you know, just kind of what does a blowout like this do for a team, really, regardless of opponent? You know, how does that make you feel going into the next week? And, you know, does it give you a lot of confidence? Does it a, a case of, all right, we just did our job. It's like we were supposed to do. You know, what is it like? As you can take that attitude and, and, and apply it exactly just how you said it, and we did our job like we were supposed to. Now let's go out here and do our job like we're supposed to when it's going to be a little bit more difficult. We did it on easy mode. Let's do it on hard mode now. And we also did it on, on normal. Let me say we did it on normal. We took it down on easy just to see if we had it, could, could kill them. We did. Now let's put it on hard mode and we're going to see what hard mode looks like. Yeah, we're, we're definitely moving from junior varsity up to about Heisman, <laughs> All-American or Heisman <laughs> level here. <laughs> I mean, I've only won five out of six years in national championships in NCAA 14 lately. So no big deal. I got it. <laughs> you still playing 14? Woo. <laughs> well, 14 is the most recent one. They stopped making them after that. Oh, they did? I, I didn't know that. That's how I'm going to tell you when the last time I played them. <laughs> yeah. They, they stopped making them because uh, the players were able to get the rights to where they're like, okay, you can't make these unless you pay us. And now – now that the NCAA <laughs> is letting them pay you, they're going to be bringing it back here in about a year or two, apparently. Hey, now, now that you do mention that, I do remember getting the check in 2015? Yeah, 2015 for a little bit of money. And it was it was for that. <laughs> there you go. I, I think I have one of the older versions with you in it over here. Because uh, I've got – I saved the 07 one, which was the mm-hmm. last season of the Miami Orange Bowl, the old stadium down there. I saved that since my wife's a hurricane. That way, you kind of have it under the. All right, well, at least we got the video game version we can play in. Wow, I didn't think it's still think stuff like that. <laughs> Just be playing the game. I think it's 07 or 08, so you'd be in the game, man. Mm-hmm, definitely, I sure am, and I got the star. <laughs> well, the, yeah, you got the star. That's right, you did get the star because you were one of the best players on the team. Yeah, I had I had, I had the star every year. Oh, I was the guy <laughs> office with the star. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was the backup, but I had to start. <laughs> I think my favorite part is they would label all the players. It would be like you would be half, you'd be HB number twenty four, but you could go in and people would create the rosters, and you could just download the file, and it's like okay, now it's now it's Corey Sheets, now it's Desmond yeah, Tardy, exactly now it's it Curtis Painter. <laughs> We used to just sit there and just, before all the internet stuff happened, we always just, just sit there and just put everybody's names in. <laughs> like, this is I mean, that's cool. what you got to do. It's like, uh, he ain't going to play, so I ain't going to put his name in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because even though 14 is the newest edition they have, there are still communities out there that will do updated rosters like for this season. Oh, wow. And you can download them. Because last season, when it looked like there wasn't going to be any Purdue football whatsoever, I decided to do a whole, all right, I'm going to do a virtual season where mm-hmm. I'm going to download the rosters. I'm going to create 2020 Purdue. And I was able to get all the rosters of every team in college football there. So I'm going to play each week of the season on the Saturday that we would have played them. And <laughs> it was That's pretty because cool. <laughs> no sports were happening and we were really bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, ended up going 11 and one with Purdue lost to Michigan. So oh, I think I had like 1600 receiving yards for Rondale Moore because I just made him a demigod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at that. Uh, I pretty much was one when I uh, played the game too. So 
I already know what the stats the the, the, the stats look like. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nine nine everything. <laughs> so it seems like we're done talking about a forty nine nothing blowout of UConn when we're discussing Corey Sheets in a two thousand seven video game. And, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be getting to our Notre Dame preview later this week, but obviously we'll try and give you a little sneak peek here. Notre Dame was a huge game when you were on the team. Uh, haven't been on the seat, haven't been on the schedule in seven years. What was Notre Dame like that just that week as a player getting ready for them? Uh, it was it was big because for one, you knew you was going to be on primetime TV because they got the big ABC, NBC, or whatever it is contract. So you know you're going to be paying in the middle of the day when everybody's going to be out watching you. So it was big just like you go out there and show out, and if it was there. You get the luxury of shutting their crowd out and playing in the side of the stadium, which is amazing if you're on offense. It's just always a fun game. The student section is always live. It's always a, they're always a good team, whether they're having a bad year or not. So to make it a, a rivalry game, we need to get uh, the Shillelagh back. That's how you say it? Yeah, the Shillelagh. Yeah, they need to come back home. So <laughs> I got a surprise for you. What's up? You were on the last Purdue team to beat Notre Dame. You serious? In 2007. Yes. I thought the team after us beat them. Nope, that's it. 2007. Oh, wow. Uh, beat them 33-19. Moved Purdue to 5-0. and mm-hmm. And that is also the last time that Purdue was ranked in the top 25 was after that game. Oh, wow. Because we unfortunately have the longest active streak of any Power 5 conference team not being in the top 25 <laughs> right now. <laughs> that's not a good streak to have. <laughs> but it can end it with a win this week. Yes, it can. I brought up the stats, and my friend, you went off on this game. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. you went for 141 <laughs> yards and a touchdown on 27 carries. Yeah, it was ridiculous. That was actually the game I got the most carries in my career. I never had over 20 carries until then. Wow. Wow. I also got to give you credit you had an eight-yard reception because you were always pretty good getting the, catching the ball out of the backfield too. Yeah, even though my teammates said I had horrible hands, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I ain't make no drops. <laughs> I don't remember dropping the ball. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> Catch a swing pass is pretty easy. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that'll that kind of be our preview here. We're looking forward to the Notre Dame game on Saturday. Would be nice to get Purdue's only second win in South Bend since 1974 because we've only won once up there in the last – 48 years, or 47 years. That was in 2004. Wait, we didn't win up there? I thought we beat him up there twice. No, in the series, the only win that we've had since 74 was in 2004 when uh, Kyle Orton and Taylor Stubblefield went a little crazy on him. I remember that game. It was during that game, but I also thought we beat him a couple years the next when we went back up there. No, uh, according to the series page, at least, that was – that was the only time we went up there, so we got to do some fact checking on that one. I think we got uh, we got to check that one. And come come back with the answer on that one Wednesday. <laughs> yes, we'll come back with the answer on that one Wednesday for sure. We'll wrap this thing up here. We thank you for listening. We we've seen some of the early numbers here, and uh, we're we're doing about two hundred listens, two hundred and fifty listens about for every episode so far. So. People are liking it. I've got some good feedback on everything, and we do appreciate you for listening. So we will be back here on Thursday. And for Corey Sheets, I'm Travis Miller of HammerandRails.com, and this is the Behind the Rails podcast. So, boiler up. BTFU, we're out.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.